basically lazy. And uh, after I've retired, I've become even lazier. <laughs> and you know, now I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Well, I am married. <laughs> so you don't see me out there, you know, in any demonstrations, blocking any traffic, right? You know, burning any bras. You might see me, you know, distributing vegetables at the food at the uh, uh, bank, uh, installing safety helmets on on kids for Kiwanis, or uh, assisting people financially. But but none of that takes a whole lot of energy, or or you know, not hard work, and it's pretty much risk free, right? Do you know what? I found this quote from some preacher named John Ortberg. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. I like my boat. I have a very nice boat. It has a mortgage, but a very nice boat. Uh, it's very comfortable. It'd be nicer if it was a yacht, but what I have is, is nice. And I appreciate the water walkers. You know, what we do without them? Those who do the hard work, those who, who are out there demonstrating, who, who put, often put their lives and their reputations on the line. Uh, even, you know, do extreme things sometimes. But they're the ones that make the changes. They're the ones that, that make the difference. Uh, in in society, and uh, so you know I appreciate them, but that's not me. Now, do I feel guilty about that? Yeah, sometimes a little bit. Uh, does that get me off my couch? Uh, once in a while. But it struck me as I have ruminated on on this subject from my easy chair, that God makes some pretty heavy demands upon us. If you make the mistake of reading the Bible, you discover that. You know, God made very heavy demands upon some of the Bible heroes and all of these, these Bible stories. For example, Noah, he had a boat a pretty good sized boat but I suspect that somewhere in the middle of this adventure he wished he had a bigger boat for all of this, these animals uh, and it must have been at some point he thought maybe he'd just get off and walk and it was a hard job that God had given him that God demanded of him in that story Hard work with all those animals, you know? How many plastic bags did it take uh, to clean up the place? Um, and I'm sure maybe he didn't hardly sleep any day or any night over those 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, he had to avoid swatting the mosquitoes. 
And then there was Moses. You know, think of the job that God gave him. Pretty daunting. Confronting all-powerful king of Egypt, you know, even threatening him. You know, go down Moses, way down to Egypt land. Tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. And then he had to organize all this motley crew of, of people who'd never really been a people into a people, into a, a, a living organism. He had to make the laws and enforce them. He, uh, you know, and that wasn't easy because they were always rebelling and fighting and complaining. Many, many passages in, in the, the first five books of the Bible about, about the, the so-called children of Israel. Somebody suggested that's why they called them children of Israel. Uh, they, they always were giving him a hard time. And when you thought they trekked across the desert for 40 days, 40 years, not easy. And he didn't want to do it. God had to, you know, had to resort to a burning bush to convince him of this. And then you know about Jonah. You know Jonah, the guy who was swallowed by a big fish? And that was all because God was demanding him do something he didn't want to do. You know, God was demanding that he, he go to his country's worst enemies, the Ninevites, and he tell them that if they would repent, God would not destroy them. Well, he didn't want to do that. He hoped God would destroy them. In fact, that's what they deserved. You know, the idea that, that they might possibly repent. And so he ran. You know, amazingly, somehow we can never run away from God. And he didn't succeed, of course, and soon he was back having to take on what he considered this dastardly deed. And so he goes off to Nineveh and he preaches and lo and behold, they repent from the king on down. They put on sackcloth and roll around in the ashes to prove their sincerity and God does not destroy them. And you'd think for a prophet he should be thrilled with his success, but of course he's not. And of course he says this is the worst day of his life. And then Isaiah. Isaiah discovered the only prophet in being a prophet is to be doing the will of God. And that was God's will. You know, when you spend your days cataloging the sins of your neighbors, and, and producing it and publishing it and proclaiming it and uh, pointing out these sins in public. And when you uh, take on denouncing the powerful rich and do say that God told you to do so, well, you don't make many friends or win many uh, battles, influence many people. In fact, many of the prophets were killed. But that's what God insisted he had to do. And again, he didn't really want to do it, but, you know, God gave him a great vision of angels in the temple and burning, 
burning on his lips to speak the truth that God would have him speak. Well, the list of the hard-working heroes that God gave difficult tasks is, is a long one. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, the disciples, the apostle Paul. But it also includes some women. Esther. Heard of Esther? One of the books of the Bible. Marvelous story. She was a Hebrew woman who became the queen of, of uh, the Persians of Persia. Of all things, this Jewish woman becoming queen of Persia. And seeing that the country's viceroy, uh, Hanan, was, was persecuting the Jews and perhaps even trying to annihilate them, God told her to do a dangerous thing, to go to her husband, this almighty, powerful king, and complain. And try to get him to change, stop the whole thing. And she did. She succeeded. And amazing and, and is celebrated by, by the Jews all around the world in Purim every year. And uh, that, just because she was queen didn't make mean sure that her safety, she probably is only one of many queens, a number of consorts. Uh, but, uh, but using her wiles, she succeeded. And of course, there's Jesus. In the shadow of the prophets, he, he told the truth about a lot of people who didn't really want to hear it. And though many followed him and eventually decided that he was some, in some sense divine, many did not. And his faithfulness to God's call, of course, led eventually to his crucifixion. And so I decided, lazy bum that I am, I shouldn't read the Bible. Because beside all those stories, there's, there's all of these scripture passages talking about work for God. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. I like that. Even in, in paradise, you know, Adam had to work. In all, in, in Proverbs, in all toil there's profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. There's hope. And the very famous one, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers food in harvest. Ecclesiastes, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, in hell, to which you are going. In Deuteronomy, you shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because... For this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and all that you undertake. In Corinthians, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, 
knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Well, you know, for me, for all of us, maybe maybe we won't be walking on water, but maybe it, it might mean that somehow we have to get into the swim, even if we have to swim uphill. There's a, a hymn which we had a song had we had it recorded. You probably heard it. Work for the night is coming. Work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling. Work mid springing flowers. Work when the day grows brighter. Work in the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming when man's work is done. Work for the night is coming. Work through the sunny noon. Fill the brightest hours with labor. Rest comes soon, sure and soon. Give every flying minute something to keep in store. Work for the night is coming when man works no more. I expect that also includes women, right? Well, they say women's work is never done. Now, I suppose the night referred to in that song, of course, is is the, the end of the world, or the second coming of Christ, or whatever, however you understand that. And if that motivates you to get out and, and do something to work for God, then that's well and good. But for me, the recognition that there's a lot out there that needs to be done, and a lot of people that need to be reached and worked with and helped, that's motivation enough. Amen. <laughs>